Thank you for joining us for live paranormal radio. From the paranormal to the unexplained, it all happens here. It all happens here. Looking to enhance your radio experience? Participate in our live video chat 24-7 with our live paranormal radio show hosts and other like-minded people. Live. Paranormal.com, the only interactive social chat room supported by Full Interaction Media. Stop by now and join the fun. Stop by now and join the fun. It's Haunted Playground, right here on the Live Paranormal Radio Network. We're at LiveParanormal.com, iHeartRadio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Podomatic, Player FM, Blog Talk Radio. The list really does go on and on. I'm your host, Sheena Metal. I'm a psychic medium. I'm an interfaith minister. I'm a 28-year talk radio host in Los Angeles and beyond. I'm a performing and creative artist. And I come to you live from my home in Southern California every Wednesday at 3 o'clock Pacific time. Every week on this show, I gather folks that I believe to be the brightest and most beautiful minds and hearts and souls in both the paranormal and the spiritual community and more, and we talk about everything that lies beyond the three dimensions, and uh, whether it's life after death, or maybe there's a Loch Ness Monster in your above-ground swimming pool, it belongs right here on Haunted Playground. Now, this week, my guest is making his debut on any of my shows. He's a wonderfully talented uh, author, and speaker, and historian, and more, and will also be one of my fellow presenters at the Parapod Festival, March 31st and April 1st. Um, it's going to be in Santa Clarita, California. Uh, please welcome to the show, the wonderful Ernie LaPointe is here. How are you, my friend? It's wonderful to have you here. And I'm excited we're going to be um, sharing some time at uh, Parapod Festival together. Right. Welcome to the show. Yes, thank you for having me. So tell me a little so, bit about you, and um, you know people may wonder why why you're speaking at the, the Parapod Festival of all things. Um, let my listeners know since it's your first time joining me here. Okay, uh, my name is Ernie Lapointe, and I'm uh, Lakota from South Dakota, and I'm the great grandson of uh, Sitting Bull. And uh, I Beautiful. was invited to the to the Parapod Festival by Tony Sweet. I did an interview with him last year about, you know, my time in Vietnam and stuff, and uh, he learned then I was, you know, I had a a condition, what they call PTSD, but actually it was a spiritual wounding with, you know, combat Mm. vets that didn't prepare. And I was explaining to him about, you know, our spirituality, and I think that's why he invited me to come to the show there. Absolutely. So, so explain for my listeners what spiritual wounding is, because I have now so many questions to ask you, and I love that you brought that up. Okay, well, you know, in uh, in the movies, you know, you see back John Wayne and all these movies in the 50s and 60s, and they're always doing battle with the natives, you know, the Lakota. They used to call us Sioux. And, you know, they say, oh, they're putting their war paint on, you know. Well, it's really not war paint. It's each guy has a, a, a certain vision. They had through a vision quest, and they were given certain colors and how to apply it to their face and bodies and to their horse. And what that does is it's like a 
the the you know how I explain it is like the Star Trek movies, the Star Trek Enterprise, where he puts his shields on, you know, so they couldn't shoot him. Sure. Well, the same thing with with the with the paint, it protects your soul. Your soul. So when you were in Vietnam, were you at all prepared for that to happen to you? I mean, like we talk about PTSD, right? And I guess we we think it's just a purely um, a brain thing, but those of us that are spiritual understand that our spirituality, right, our emotionality and our intellectualism and our physical body are all working together all the time, right? And if one gets damaged, the other can get damaged as well. Right. Well, actually, uh, PTSD is when you see something traumatic or, you know, getting shot or getting shot and seeing your friends die. And it goes... It goes past the extremes of, of natural occurrences. It's a traumatic event. And, um, you know, for a long time, you know, they told me when I had PTSD, when I came back from Vietnam, I always thought, you know, I'm not crazy. You know, <laughs> There's nothing wrong with me. I, I know, you know, right and wrong and, you know, everything. And how can you tell me I'm crazy? You know, it's a mental thing. You know, you affect, you know, until I started doing ceremonies. And that's when they told me that, most the Lakota, when they went to either on hunt or on raids or something, they put this paint on it to protect their spirit. That's the most vulnerable part of the human equation. You know, the body, the heart, the mind. But the soul is is the most uh, vulnerable uh, part of, our, of who we are. So we have to protect it. And this is why, this is how we protect it. I think uh, societies around the world had had a way to protect it, and a lot of them just kind of didn't do and do it no more, you know. So yeah. that's why yeah. you have so many guys, people that have that PTSD. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that the combination of modern medicine, technology, and organized religion has kind of taught us to look outside of ourselves instead of within ourselves for the answers. So we expect something outside of us to fix it, right? We'll go see the priest or we, or we take a pill or, um, you know, we, we get, we get busy ourselves with, with television and it'll all go away. And we've forgotten, I think what you said from ancient cultures where everything was healed from within Ernie, right? Right. You know, there's uh, movies nowadays or t- TV shows, you know, like, you know, the violence, you know, they, they shoot each other and and then, you know, it goes on, you know, like there's nothing wrong. If you ever, I'll tell this, I, I did this at lectures, you know, different lectures I do around the world. I, I tell the young people, I said, if you ever watch these movies, these guys shooting each other, and, you know, you know, some star shoots another guy. He's a bad guy. He's a good guy. Well, there's no such thing as a bad guy or a good guy. We're all human beings. And, you know, wars are, are started by a couple of guys who are in charge of something, like a president or or a, a prime minister or something. You know, they disagree on something, and and they send their, their young men to kill each other. And I, I'm going to tell you, you, you point that gun at somebody and squeeze the trigger, shoot him, kill him. It haunts you. I mean, I, I still have the first man I killed in Vietnam. He still haunts me 55 years later. You know, sometimes he comes to me and 
in my my thoughts, you know, and I do a lot of uh, ceremonies for him, you know, for them, actually, not just him, but others, and for our guys who died over there, you know, that uh, their spirits will find peace in the spirit world, you know, not be a ghost somewhere, you know, <laughs> and, uh, you know, because, yeah. you know, we, we as Lakota, we're taught, you know, not to fear death, and if you die, you know, you always she's to tell you, you know, when you're born, you're born to die eventually. If you're fortunate, you see four faces, and then you make the journey back to the spirit world. But the spirit comes here to learn. That's why our temple, our our, our home, is the body. The body just comes from the earth, and one day it's going to go back. But the spirit lives forever. It comes from the spirit world, and then it learns. And, and from most people around the world nowadays, they teach their children, like you're talking about organized religion, they teach them to fear God, fear death. And then the families, the mother and father, grandma and grandpas, the little children running around, they always make them fear. You know, if you don't do this, you don't get dessert, or, or if you don't do this, I'm going to take a switch to you and all this. And you're putting fear in this little kid. And then that little kid grows up with that fear. And eventually, you know, it, it grows in... And then everybody, the, the fear is what causes racism. Fear is what causes greed. You know, fear is what causes uh, jealousy, envy. All these things are all grouped in one word: fear. F E A R. Mm. And mm-hmm. nobody, and nobody can teach that to you. To let go of that to you, you have to do it yourself. No, there's no medicine man, spiritual leader, or whatever can change you to let go of fear. You have to do that yourself. And, you know, I was raised as a child growing up. I was never, my mother always told me, every chance she got in storytelling, she always tells me not to fear, have no fear. And, you know, so I grew up this way. You know, I'm mean, faced racism. People look at me and say things because of the color of my skin, the length of my hair, or who I am. I mean, I've been through it all my life. And when the military, I experienced it. And through life, I experienced it, you know, but, I don't, I, I don't hate them back, you know, because that's what she told me. Don't hate them back because they don't know who you are, you know. You're, you're a human being just yeah. like they are. The only thing is you don't want to have, you know, the same uh, lower yourself to their level. So I don't, you know. I mean, I'm just out here, and, and my my goal, I think, in, in life is to try to tell as many people, young people especially, to don't care what your grandma, your mother, father, or whatever taught you is fear. Train yourself to replace fear with humor, you know. Laugh it off. You know, don't be afraid of anything because that's the problem with the world right now is everybody lives in constant fear. And they think one guy or one woman or whatever, that's president, dictator, whatever, is going gonna, is gonna to take them out of a hole. But it doesn't work that way. We're all individuals, and we have to te- train ourselves or teach ourselves to let go of fear. We, I mean, we can't get, throw it out the window. We have to. It has to be a balance within yourself. Fear, humor, compassion, generosity, humility, fortitude, all these are in us as a human. Well, every one of us have this, and our spirit is in the middle of that, and the spirit has to learn how to understand the balance. You know, fear is, you know, you get startled, but it, there's a, there's a thin line between fear and humble, you know, and in the Lakota way, we always humble ourselves before the creator. 
But in organized religion, they always say, fear God. Before standing, fear God. Exactly. exactly. See, that's, see that's, the, that's the difference between who we are as Lakota people and, and, and the world, I guess you might say, through the Americans here. You know, the, so many organized religions here that teach that. And, and everything is just boiled down to fear. Fear is how you can get controlled. And uh, somebody can use fear to control people. And politicians do that. They use fear to control you. Or, or uh, whoever, re- organized religious leaders, or whoever, even the company you work for. You know, everything is written for you. Rules, regulations, policies, guidelines are all written for you. So, you know, you, you actually have the fear of, of not using your own abilities or your own mindset to do anything because you're within the parameters of these rules, regulations, guidelines, and policies. Everything's written. You know, even even the religion is written. It comes out of the book. And, and you know, if you, if you look at anything, you know, everything has an instruction. You know, you can't use your own ability to do something because you're going to cross the line. And that's the fear, again, the fear to cross the line that something's going to happen to them. And I've, I've lived outside the line most of my life, I think. Even in Vietnam, when I was in Nam, I was, you know, I, I never followed the rules of, you know, the rules of engagement, you know, as they call it, you know, wars. You use your own common sense. You use your own intuition. You use your own uh, balance within yourself, your mind, your heart, your soul, your eyes, your ears. And your in your sense of smell, you know, and, and to understand what you're up against, because you're in Vietnam was a bunch of guerrilla fighters. They knew their terrain, and they knew what they do. You know, they have ten guys out there, and make it sound like there's three hundred guys shooting at you, and then they hit you and they run. And you, you know, you use your own intuition because as Lakota, I had that same uh, understand that same uh, tactics they use because that's what we use. You know, at the little Bighorn battlefield, they said, oh, they're, even today, since 1876, and this is 2023, and people are still trying to glorify the loser at the little Bighorn, Custer. You know, we outnumbered him. We outgunned him. We, we did all kinds of outdoing him, and we massacred him. It wasn't that. It was the same amount of, you know, there was like 7,800 warriors there, and Custer had about the same amount of troops, and, and he just happened to come against uh, the guerrilla fighters on the back of a horse. They knew how to fight. They knew how to do anything. He didn't have a leader like he was. You know, they considered him a leader. Lakota, they all, each individual was their own leader, their own style. You just had guys who were inspirational leaders. They'd say, come on, let's do it, and then you go. You motivate them to go in there. But many of them like to fight on the back of a horse, stationary, some like bow and arrow, some like the head smashers, and some got the newer model, you know, the guns, you know, and you know, it was just a, it was just a, a, a complete different scenario from from what what the American society, the capitalistic world, of the American society is. So that's the difference between us and them. We live in a spiritual way of life. We live within the spirit, a realm of spirits, and you know, our ceremonies tell us this. You know, I mean, people, I've read on the Internet a couple of times where people missed their mother, their father who passed away. My mother passed away in 1959 when I was 10 years old. 
and she's still here wow. with me. You know, when I was writing my book, she's here. And and I, I get hung up because these are stories she told me that I was writing. And uh, I, get, I get hung up on something, and I could feel her her hand rubbed up where my scalp lock is. And I knew she always did that when I was a little kid. She always rubbed the back of my, in my scalp lock area and talked to me. And I could feel her presence here. You know, I could feel the presence of my great-grandfather. When I have a ceremonial room here in my house, and I go in there, and my spirits are in there, my spiritual helpers, my my guides, and my sailors, my advisors. They don't tell me what to do. They just give me a direction or advice and then one or two words. Because in Lakota, it's, you know, we're talking here for like five, ten minutes now. In Lakota, what I just said would only take less than 30 seconds. <laughs> I mean, because our words hold more uh, deep meaning than what we're talking now, because this is a, what the spirits told me, this is a backwards language. You know, it's everything that, the, the languages consist of many different countries or nations, you know, French, English, German, Spanish, you know, and even some native words are thrown in there to create a language. But their language basically is always talking about the past. When the Lakota language, we always talk about the future. And the spirits help you and guide you. And they tell you there's nothing impossible if you believe in yourself and let go of fear. So that's, that's you know, I think that's one of the things that I was talking to Tony about. He, he wants me to come talk about that, I guess, at the festival there. <clears throat> that's beautiful. So, so you talked about, honey, that during Vietnam, it, it was really a spiritual awakening for you that the wounds, the spiritual wounds that came, the PTSD caused sort of a spiritual awakening in you. What was your spirituality prior to that? I mean, were you very connected to your native spirituality? Were you connected to your community? Um, how were you different af- spiritually after the experience of being at war? Well, you know, as a child growing up, I was telling you, my mother would tell us these stories. We didn't have TV or we didn't have Internet or electricity. We lived on a reservation. And we had her. We had a kerosene lamp in her, and she'd tell us these stories at night. And you'd lay there, you'd sit there and, and, and fall asleep listening to her, you know, talking, telling you stories about the culture, about how we lived with the spirits and how we understand that everything on this turtle island, as we call it, the American continent, is, is spiritual. Everything that grows here is spiritual. Everything that's on this turtle island has a role to play in the balance of our ecosystem. And, you know, and you and you, you shouldn't fear it. You know, this is where she says, "Don't fear it." Snakes, bugs, spiders, mountain lions, bears—all they all have a, a role to play in the balancing of our ecosystem. And we're here to nurture, care, and take care of these tortoises, winged, those that crawl, and the green growing things, the trees, the grass out there. They all have a a, a role to play. A lot of these grass out here, you know, like some people call it, oh, there's a lot of weeds out there. Well, I always tell them, don't knock it. There's probably medicine out there. One of those, what you call a weed could be a medicine because everything has four parts. You know, everything that is in existence in this, in this continent and in the universe also. The Makassi Tomia, we call it. What the, what the uh, scientists call this, the, 
uh, solar system out here. It's just a little dot. That's all we are. And there's millions of them out there. We're just one little piece here. And we're all related to all things that are out there. So we understand, you know, that uh, everything that's created in this macrocosm comes from the creator who created us. Sure. But we have a spirit yeah. world that is so far away that, you know, people say, well, how do you, you know, ask me, I do lectures and they ask me, they say, how do you get to the spirit world? I said, well, you know, you just talk to people who have night and near death experiences. They, see, they say they go to see this like a, like a tunnel or something. And they go through and they go into the spirit world. And, you know, and I tried to explain it to him. And then one guy told me, he said, well, Einstein thought of that. And I said, yeah, well, actually, he said, like, the plane of the, the space pulls. When it falls, there's a little two holes through there, like a tunnel. You go through there, and you come on the other side, and you're back in the spirit realm of the spirit world. And, you know, you'll never get there, you know, flying in a spaceship or whatever because it's it's outside of the realm of our of our existence of all these universes out there. So, you yeah. know, it's 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 a, it's a complete imagination. You know, you imagine, you, I do. I enjoy traveling. I enjoy going around the world, which I have. I've seen the Far East. I've seen Europe. I've seen all over. I've been in all 48, 50 states, Hawaii and Alaska. And and I enjoy looking at the, the turtle island because it's beautiful. But to nurture, take care of it, you you know, you shouldn't build houses or roads or anything. It should be wide open like it was when my great-grandfather was on this land. You know, you travel, you, you respect, you understand that all these things that grow here or that live on this earth, on this on this planet, is here for us to learn, to understand how to balance within ourselves, how to be like them, because they're more smarter than we are. We're just here as two-legged to nurture and care for them. Everybody has a yeah. role to play, and, and ours is to take care of and nurture them. And, uh, you know, I was told people, I said, I read, I read their good book and I was in jail once, you know. <laughs> That's the only thing I had to read it. And I read it, and, and I read the first part, I guess the Old Testament, where it says, man should dominate every living thing. And I was going, what? You know, dominate? We were taught as a child growing up that we should nurture, care, take care of all living things. And, see, there's so many things that, that, that are completely opposite or different from my teachings that, that I learned as a Lakota spirituality and way of life. And like you asked, when I went to Vietnam, I, I just kind of didn't prepare myself with the paint. So, you know, I've seen uh, atrocities and traumatic events of, of war. Came back and, you know, I, I I didn't know how to deal with it. I mean, I couldn't, I just didn't want to, again, you know, you're, you're, you're trained in the military stance to, not to be complaining or say anything because, you know, you don't want to show yourself as a wimp. So you say nothing. And I've I seen other combat vets around and never they never said they had PTSD. So I thought I was the only one suffering from this. I said, why me? You know, <laughs> Little did I know they all suffered just like I did. I mean, as, as awful as it was, Ernie, ultimately do you think it was a blessing? because it, it got you even closer to your spirituality? Well, you know, I always say, you know, this is this is my, you know, people ask me, you know, I talk to them and tell them about my life, and they say, oh, you had a hard life. I said, no, I didn't. 
I said, my life was a, was a learning trip. I said, I learned from my experiences. I made mistakes. You know, one of the mistakes I made was joining the military without preparing myself. You know, going sure. and I was stationed, didn't go to Vietnam. I went to Korea. I was up on the DMZ up there, you know, and then I was stationed in Turkey for a little while, and then I was in Germany, and then I went to Vietnam. But, you know, I these are just learning experiences for me. The the what what I experienced there, and you know, a lot of other things I didn't I always told myself, don't do this again. You know, you have to do it another way. You know, to understand it. But the when I when I started dealing with with it was using alcohol, and that was the wrong thing. You know, that was my another experience that I went through, which is addiction. Sure. I got addicted to it, and I couldn't let it go, but I did. Boom! In a minute, I what I did was I was I was in the city jail in Aurora, Colorado, and and I cussed out God, laying laying in his jail. I was I was intoxicated a little bit. I wasn't real real bad, but you know I was slightly. I can remember what I was saying, and and I I I told him you know about the war. I said because they told me I had PTSD, you know, I didn't know how to deal with it, and I, I I cussed out God. I said you know why am I going through this? You know this you know all of us who went there, and that time I knew there was I was with other good non vets who were suffering like I was, and I asked him, and I said, you know, I didn't believe in, I mean, I mean, when I went in the Army, I kind of didn't believe in nothing. I didn't believe in God. I didn't believe in religion. I didn't believe in prayers or nothing. I was just dealing with it my own way, with alcohol. Alcohol was my was my answer. <laughs> so anyhow, I was dealing with it that way, and then I, well, I know challenged him, you know. What's that? I'm, I'm Irish, so I understand that. I, I grew up with that all around me. Yeah, yeah, it's it's hard. But, you know, when I challenged the creator, I said, if you can help me stop drinking, I said, I believe in you. You know, and I waited around for the thunder and lightning, you know. <laughs> Nothing happened. So I said, that's BS, you know. And I got out of jail the next day, and I started coming down. The alcohol started wearing off, and in a real bad hangover, I needed a drink, you know, to to get back, you know, to being smooth again. I guess you might say. So I caught the bus, came back to went to Denver, and and I went to my friend's place, and I tried to see if he had anything to drink. He did. He had a fifth. Of, he had a quart of black velvet whiskey, and he said, "Hey, so you look like you need this." And he said, "You look bad." And I said, "I feel bad." So we went to the city park, and he had a backpack with the who's in there and some cokes and to, from that day on to now I could not have that desire to drink with God and that's my spiritual awakening right there because I challenged the God <laughs> I challenged the creator you know you can help me quit drinking I believe in you I said but I, I didn't really you know after about a month and a half of withdrawals you know I mean I had almost Delirious tantrums, you know, DTs and all that, almost close. And I finally came down. But the minute I started leveling out, you know, coming back to, to reality, the memories, the dreams, the flashbacks started coming again. So then I turned to smoking weed. And when I smoked weed, it, it, it numbed it. It numbed the memories. It opened up my head in the front. And that's when, that's when I could see clearly the future, you know. I mean, people say it's a drug. It's not a drug. It's a, it's medicine. 
It has so many properties to marijuana plant. It's not just, you know, people use, oh, he's getting high. Well, it's not getting high. It's, it's helping combat vets to deal. It numb, it, what it does, it, it, it numbs the memory. So you don't have that, that memory of the war. And you know how to deal with it after a while. And, and a lot of them, they need to stay on it all for the rest of their lives. But me, I, I had to revert to spirituality ceremonies. And that's when I'm, I'm leaving those right now. I know how to deal with uh, I don't have the flashbacks and nightmares like I used to do. You know, I mean, I know how to deal with it now. You know, before I didn't. Without, I didn't need the weed. I don't need anything anymore. Just my, my ceremonies. You know, and I do my own ceremonies. And I used to ceremony with other guys, but again, it goes back to my culture when they said, you don't need the ceremony with nobody else. As long as you have your, your sacred pipe and your 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 sacred items that, that calls in your spiritual guides, you don't need nobody else but you. So that's what I do. I go in my, my ceremonial room and in the morning and every morning and every night, and I, I smudge my whole house every day morning and night with sage to invite my good spirits in here to help me, help me to, to cope with, uh, with life. What is life? I mean, it, my whole idea is open. My, my main goal now is to try to educate or try to not educate, but to, to share with people to let go of fear. It's not, it seems easy. It's, you know, fear is just four letter word. It sounds easy. But I've had guys who are old, you know, in their 50s and 60s come and talk to me. And I tell them what I'm telling you. And they say, okay, I'm going to do it. And I have one guy. He's a he's a veterinarian. He takes care of, you know, he's a, a, animals. And, man, he told, he called me. He used to call me every so often and tell me, man, he said, it's hard. It is hard, he said. He said, you, I, said I, I let go of fear. And he says, all of a sudden, I mean, you know, Anything comes with fear, like being late, you know, to a job or or, or getting up and you you you're, you start panicking. You know, you go into a panic attack because some this is fear. Fear is bringing all this to surface in each human being. Okay. So, I mean, you have to start with the little kids. They're the future. If, they, if, if this world's going to stand, you know, there's, you got to have somebody to to balance within each other, within themselves these emotions and let fear go. You know, instead yeah. of instead of having to, to live in fear. Yeah. True. We're we're so controlled by fear in every aspect of our life. And and because we're controlled by fear, you know, we allow ourselves to be bullied by others. We allow ourselves to apologize for everything, even things we didn't do. You know what I mean? We we back ourselves into a corner with our own fear, and then we start to feel like we're not in control of our lives. And then that's when we start to get pulled away from our spiritual self, right? And also that's when um, we start to pull into ourselves and we stop, we step out of our service, and we're just in a, it's in, in our own kind of PTSD, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you see traumatic events, but, you know, you see it out here. People are, you know, and, and you know, there's, you know, I, I never mentioned this one, but I, I just forgot, but there's an entity we in Lakota call Wakanshita. 
Well, mm. Kashita means a sacred bad, a sacred evil. And it's an entity yeah. that capitalizes on fear, on human sure. beings. And it's the biggest coward. And you, we all know him. We were spirits once. We all knew each other in the spirit world. And, you know, I mean, we just went to different parts of the world as human, as spirits. But we all knew each other one time in the spirit world. And, you know, uh, sometimes, you know, you, you, you run into somebody and they know you. I mean, I got a friend of mine up in Bismarck, North Dakota. He's got a little girl. She's probably seven now or something, seven, eight now. But she was like five or six years old. She looked at me. I looked at her. And for some reason, I, I knew the soul. Not, not the little girl, but the soul that's in her. And she looked at me the same way. And, and, and to this day, we have that connection. And, and you know, the, his, her dad, he always asked me, he says, man, he says, seems like you guys just know. I said, we do. I mean, she knows just like I do. I mean, we knew each other in this, before in the, in the past life or maybe in the spirit world. And same way with my wife, you know, her. When I first met her 20, 28 years ago, I knew her before. I mean, it was, we, we just, when I started talking to her, it's just like we, we took a little break from our conversation from another time, and we just kind of continued it on. And we just, you know, she's part, she, we're soulmates. You know, she's part of my soul, and I'm part of her soul. You know, and yeah, we do everything together. We 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 have a great you know connection with each other, and uh, I mean, there's, there's not many that that you run into like that, you know. But you know, I ran into a couple of them in Vietnam that way, but you know, they got killed too, and and that kind of took a little piece of my heart, you know. Because they had great ideas, great thoughts about, you know, what they would like to do. Like always, we talk, you know, we'd sit around and talk about this in a bunker somewhere and say, you know, because war was hell. You know, you don't want nobody to go to war or see anything like that. But so far, since you got Iraq, Afghanistan, all these other little wars that they had. And right now this is happening in, in Ukraine, you know, all these guys are, seeing little children get blowed up. And, you know, I've seen all that. Yep. i experienced all that. And, you know, it, it hurts your soul. And then and my, my like I had deja vu from time before when, when our people were attacked here in this country by the military and, and slaughtered, massacred, you know, Wounded Knee, Sand Creek, Washita, all these places where, where, where the natives were. I mean, not, those are just a few. Not, I'm not, there's many. And they did it in the name of God, you know. You, you think about it, you know. You say, you know, they're, they're they say they're Christians. They have a good, good book and all that stuff. But in their good book, I thought it said Dasha and I'll kill, but they do it anyway. You know, and they they think, you know. And then when their time comes and they die, they don't go to the spirit world, so they're ghosts. You know, I was I was talking to Zach Beggins from the Ghost Adventures. He came to Deadwood and he wanted to do a show there. And he met with me. Yeah, you know, he asked me to come see him about why the Lakota called the Black Hills sacred. So I explained to him, you know, I tried to explain to him about this. And I told him, I said, you know, you don't need to come to Deadwood. He said, why? I said, because anywhere in this country are ghosts. People who died yeah. 
back in the 1700s or before, you know, they're so afraid of God that, you know, because their good book says this, that they're, they don't go. They're haunting an area. So you can have a land out there and build a big fancy house on top of it, and there's a ghost living in there because it's still haunting a place. You know, and uh, I was telling him, me and my wife, we were, we were on our way to the east you know, in Michigan, and we stopped off in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, at the motel. It's a brand-new motel. They just built it. So we went and got a room there, and we spent the night there before we traveled on. And during the night, I think it was about wee hours of the morning, you know, probably 3, 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning, something woke me up, and there was this old lady standing at the foot of my, on the other side of the bed. She was dressed in a long dress and had a bonnet on. And I was thinking, where did this woman come from, right? And I, I, you know, it, it didn't scare me. I was just looking at her. I said, who, who is she, you know? Did, I was thinking, did I leave the door open, you know? I, I know we locked the door. And I looked again, and she was gone. And my wife woke up, and she said, who went in the bathroom? She said, I just seen somebody go in the bathroom. So we got on, flipped the light on, there's nobody in the room. And it was a brand-new motel, but it was this this, this lady, she, you know, she must have lived back in the 1800s, and she must have, something happened, she didn't go to school, but she's haunting this place, man. So, you know, you, you wonder, you know, I was wondering, you know, I was trying to pray for these people, you know, go to the spirit world, you know, it's a better place to, you know, no matter what you did, you go back to the spirit world, because it's a better place to be than than being a, 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 you know, roaming around. And I told this to Zach. I said, you know, sometimes these guys who don't go are, are real mean, or mean guys, you know, that they learn how to, and, and they're, they're, they're negative. And this Wakashita has got them, you know, because of their fear. And he's, you know, he's making them haunt a place, you know, they're always present there. And, you know, uh, if, you're, if you're not afraid of them, they can't do nothing to you. You know, if you don't fear a ghost, he's not going to haunt you. I mean, he's not going to harm you. Or he's not going to mess with you. And they know right. you because if you don't fear him, they know you. They'll say, well, I don't want to mess with this guy, you know. So, you know, these are well, just my own thoughts. The... On my... Sure, sure. And What's I that? agree with you. But what about uh, what you were talking about earlier, right? You're... The uh, the native spirit, right? That is that is dark. I mean, do you believe in spirits that are dark? I hate to use the word evil because that's so Judeo Christian. But I mean, do you believe in in negativity and do you believe in darkness? That maybe not everything you encounter has your best interest at heart. Yeah. Well, you know, this is this is where I was talking about these natives. I mean, these uh. uh People who are who died didn't are afraid of you know they might have been killers or you know the old west is full of them everybody carried a gun you know and and you're in Deadwood here in Mount Moriah Cemetery they have signs out there one guy's buried there he snored too much the guy shot him you know and and you know these guys who shoot somebody you know they think well I got rid of him you know and you know they they had a gun they call it a peacemaker you know which is supposed to be their peacemaker. But I'm, I, again, go back to telling you, when you shoot somebody, you know, you think you, you, you stopped an evil thing, but you didn't. You really just signed yourself into a, a, when you pull that trigger, you just threw yourself into a, a realm where 
the person you kill will haunt you and, you know, haunt you in your sleep. And eventually you can end up, you know, because there's negative and, and there's positive and negative souls out here. These negative ones are those ones who who lived all their life as a human being and learn fear. Fear is what made people carry guns, you know, and fear is what makes you shoot somebody. You know, people say, well, I feared for my life, you know. Well, you know, why why you carry a gun then if you fear for your life? Because you shoot somebody, your life, you will fear. Your soul is going to fear. I mean, it's going to go, and your body right. will go back to yours, but that spirit is going to still live in fear because, you know, it's 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 such a sad realm. I mean, I'm gonna tell you, I, I've I've I'm not a medicine man. I'm not a psychic, or I'm not a spirit. I don't consider myself that. I I communicate with my spirits that come to me and my that give me direction, advice, and help me and protect my home yeah. here from negative negative energies. But you know, I don't go around you know do ceremonial people or tell people about their dreams or anything. that's not me. I'm here to say. Let go of fear. You don't need a meet in between. Go between to the spirit world if you want to speak to the spirits. And the most spirits that I know that are negative, I mean, no, they're positive, like native spirits, they don't speak English. So I've had people tell me, oh, I really want to talk to your grandfather, great grandfather. I said, do you speak Lakota? They said, no, how do you speak to him? <laughs> because... The native Lakota spirits, they don't speak English. Those ones who lived around the time my grandfather did, they don't speak English, so right. or they don't speak, they just speak Lakota. So, you know, yeah. another one I learned was this says, they, a good spirit will read your heart, read your soul. So what you're saying in, in this language, this backwards language to them, they're reading your heart. Is that what you yeah. really mean? Is what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? If you if you're if you're not, because cause you could be, you know, saying some great words, but inside your soul is not saying that. But that's what they're reading, you know. I mean, so so you always gotta always tell people watch what you say. Make sure what you're saying, your your heart, your soul is really what it means. Because you know, I I don't understand because I I don't my my first language is Lakota. And and. If I was just stuck in this language, I don't know how I would have, I would, I, how I could communicate. But there's a lot of natives that have this problem. They have, they can't speak Lakota, so they speak uh, English, you know, and American English. And and you know, it's it's. I mean, sometimes you hear them say some great words in the in the per, in the ceremony, but they're not really doing it, you know. And see, I I learned again. Uh, one of the things I learned was. I used to do ceremonies with people, you know, and I would fill my pipe and I would, they would hold my pipe and pray with it and say great words sure. and do things, and then we'd, we'd smoke the pipe. Afterwards, we, me and my wife would, would have hard times, you know. I mean, we difficult times because what they prayed for, they didn't do. And see, this is a big difference between the organized religion and the Lakota culture of holding a sacred pipe is what you say will come true. What you desire will come true when you're holding, when you're holding this pipe yep. and smoke it. So it's not like organized religion. You know, there, there a lot of these guys make great words, but on Sunday and then on Monday, by Tuesday, they, they don't forget about what they said. 
You can't do that with yeah. the flag. If you're going to say something, you're going to do something positive, you're going to do it. Whether, whether you know, you, you think you can do it or not, if you don't think you can do it, don't say it. Because what you say will come true, and what you desire will come true. And you want to desire something in your heart. You know, I, I, I had guys, I told guys this. I said, you know, if you see a girl and you desire her, don't have that desire in your heart when you're holding my pipe because it could cause a, a, a problem for you, and it, and it causes me a problem because you're holding my pipe doing this. So I quit ceremony with people. I said, I don't do this no more. I says you have you don't need me or you don't need my pipe. I says you have to acquire your own, make your own, believe in it, believe in what you're doing, your soul, your heart, your mind, and and you don't need nobody else but you two and you and the Creator because you're here to learn to balance this within yourself to to understand so you can make the journey back to the spirit world and and be able to. Tell us, your ancestors in the spirit world that you understand and learn things and not be stuck on one thing like, you know, like I always tell people, you know, a lot of people come in here and they, they, get, they get hung up on making money. And they're making money, they're making money, they got money in the bank, and, and people are hungry on the street and they don't care about them. They've they got to make money. And then they die. The money's still in the bank. <laughs> they can't take it with them. <laughs> the only thing yeah. you can take yeah. is your soul. If you're going to go, you know, I mean, so what they do is they don't go to the spirit world. They haunt their bank account. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, yeah, I use I use a lot of humor because humor is is, is the greatest gift that you have. You know, <laughs> I mean, I've had people look at me. Yeah, they look at me mean. They say, "What well, well, you know, are you saying?" This? I said, "Because that's what happens. There's a lot of ghosts at banks." <laughs> Fantastic! <laughs> so true. Yeah, that's so true. That's so amazing. You are so fascinating, my friend. Uh, t- talk a little about a little bit about what you're going to be talking about. I mean, all of these things and more at the Parapod Festival, right? Yeah. Well, what I do is I usually try to uh, take answers and, and you know, uh, try to answer the the questions that people have, you know, that might want to know something more about something, and I try to explain to them, you know, because my, my like I told Tony Sweet, I said, my, my understanding of the spirituality is, 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 is real. We have a ceremony. It's a culture. Our culture is norm. It stays... It stays constant from when it, when the pipe first came to us in 19 generations ago, and it's still here. You know, things we do, things we say, just because we drive cars and, and fly in airplanes and, and live in these square box houses and all this, we still, it's still constant with us. We still have to understand that all things on this uh, turtle island are, are sacred. And they're all here for a reason, and and you know you can't you can't just let it go. You know, I mean, that's what the Americans did for the for many years. You know, centuries ago. You know that they wanted to take the Indian out of the man and save the man, kind of a deal they had. Yeah. But yeah, all the boarding schools they did that to them. You know, they cut their hair, mm-hmm. they couldn't speak their sure. native, native language and stuff. 
But I never had that problem because my father was a strong man. He wouldn't let them take me, you know, take me to a boarding right. school. He said, nope. He, said, he, he was a working man. He had a job. We had, I never went hungry. Now, I said, people say, oh, man, I had no clothes to wear, no, no food to eat. I never had that problem. My father always provided. So that's how I am right now. I learned from his, uh, I guess you might say his example and my mother's example. I learned, I don't want to be like him. My mother always told me, don't be like me or your dad or nobody else. Be like yourself. Find yourself yeah. as you grow up, she says. Come on, EHS. She said, find yourself. Find your spirit, your soul, and who you are. She says, "Sure." once you do that, she says, listen to other elders tell you stories, but don't be like them. Just take a part of their story and incorporate it into your existence to formulate who you are in, in life. So that's what I did, you know. And she said, always learn from your mistakes. Don't do them again. Learn from them, you know. Because if you do, yeah. she says, You'll be an example to others, you know, and you you tell them, don't be like me. Just take an idea from me and incorporate it into your life and walk with that, you know, until you can formulate in yourself who you are. And, you know, always be yourself, you know, and that's who I am. I don't have to be, you know, I mean, I live in a town here, but, you know, if I had to live, I'd like to live out in the country like we did on the rest. When nobody's around, yeah. just you, the prairie, the wind, because the wind has a message. The little brook sure. out there bubbling around has a message, has words. The animals, the birds, everything has a message. If you listen carefully, they'll talk to you. And and I've had them, you know, I have bird feeders all around my house, and they come every spring. And a couple of times I'm out there watering the lawn, it was a drought, and I heard a, a, a girl's, a woman's voice. And in Lakota, she said, and she said, are you a thunder, you know, a thunder being? And I said, who in the heck gets asking me? I thought it was my wife. So I, I looked around for her. She wasn't nowhere around. So I'm standing, I'm watering the lawn. I mean, I'm watering the grass. And she said it again. She said, she said this time she's more direct. And I said, who is the heck saying this? There's a bird feeder right there, and there's a little crossbill sitting there. You know, a little bird was a crossbill. I was a female. Yeah. She's looking at me. And she's the one that asked me that. So I told her, no. I mean, Lakota, I told her, no. I said, I'm just watering the, the plants here, you know. Uh-huh, she said. Okay, she said. She flew up. She went right through the water, you know. And I said, eh, okay. <laughs> and, you know, they they come and they are, they, if you're, if you're, if you're humble, and you're open, you can hear these uh, messages that come through these wings and the four-leggeds and the wind, sure. the trees, everything, the water, sure. the river, the creeks. So, you know, everything's here for a purpose, and, and you always have to respect, you know, respect everything. But you have to let go of fear, yeah. and you'll know you can hear it. You can hear them once you let go of fear. If you live with fear, you don't hear Beautiful. nothing. You're just skimming the surface, you know. True. All you hear is the monkey brain chattering in your ear, all the fear, right? That's all you hear. My friend, you are yeah. really wonderful. Would you like to, I would love for you to come back and do this again. And where's the best place that people can contact you? 
Uh, well, I don't really have any any website or anything. You know, what I mean, it's just uh, or or really any way to contact me. I mean, I have an email. You know, <laughs> that's how that's how I get my my invitations to you know do uh, presentations. It's through an email. Sure. You know, that people look me up and. And the only the only thing I have is a, is a Wikipedia page, a wiki. You want I, I take okay. care of that every other day. The guy who did it for me, I was telling him I was give him uh, information, so he posts it on there. But uh, nice. Just put put my name Ernie LaPointe on there, and you'll see my picture on there, and and who I am, and you know what I've done, and all this. But you know, I think I think I met you. I think I met you before. It was 2014 or something at uh, San Pedro International Film Festival. I'm sorry. I had a. I know we did. What's was Ziggy? Ziggy at the. Yes. Yes. Her film festival. And and you know what? I said that you hadn't been here with me before since I've come to this new affiliate, but I think you had done my show before there. Yeah, I think you you talked about because I was interviewed by many people there. I think you were one of them. Yeah. At that I think, Warner I think Theater. Yeah, so to my new radio home, but I'm pretty sure I interviewed you on my old radio home. Mm-hmm. I forgot to say that at the beginning of the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's great to have you here, my friend, and I can't wait, and I can't wait to see you um, at Parapod, and we'll, we'll retouch base. I would love that. Okay, sounds good, man. And uh, I'll be there on the first. Sounds good. I'll see you. I mean, I'll be there on the thirty-first, but the wonderful Ernie Lapointe, everybody, the thirty-first and the first in Santa Clarita at the Parapod Festival. Ernie and I will both be speaking there, and I can't wait to see him face to face. If you missed any of those links, um, you can go to uh, SheenaMetalSpiritual dot com. That's my website, SheenaMetalSpiritual dot com or find me anywhere on social media at Sheena Metal, just like my name, at Vine Sheena Metal. Um, of course, we're at hauntedplayground.com. We're at liveparanormal.com, iheartradio.com. So I see you next Wednesday at 3 o'clock Pacific time. Seek peace, live in love, lead with kindness, embrace unity, always work to raise your vibration and know that you are love and you are loved. And I'll see you next time. Take care.